Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drunk Dish, where three delicious dishes explore food history and get pickled in the process. This is episode number three. Is it episode number three? It is. Yes. Number three. Um, graham cracker number three. Graham, lucky number three. Graham crackers and curbing sex. Uh, I'm Melissa, and I'm Kate. And who else is with us today? <laughs> And she's Amy. <laughs> and I'm eating. <laughs> and she's eating. Um, yeah. Amy made us some delicious s'mores dip. Oh, oh um, tonight. So we're gorging ourselves on that. We also uh, pre-gamed with some rosé. Tasty. Sweet Tasty summer. Rose. Summer water. Summer water. Summer water rosé from Wink Wine Club. Hey, Wink. Hey. If you want to sponsor us <laughs> and our and and reach our five listeners, <laughs> we're open to it. Two of you yeah. do not drink alcohol. Shh. <laughs> they don't need to know that. But hey, some of them start. but some of them drink enough alcohol to make up for the other two. Definitely. Oh yes. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Oh my god, for once, Kate, like you're actually loud. Ooh, okay. It's a like I am um, an inch and a half away from the microphone now. So, oh my go. god, it's so good. I love it so much. It's turning me <laughs> so, so on. Much. Get me them that, those graham crackers. I'm getting lusty. <laughs> All right. So, now that we've introduced ourselves, uh, every episode we like to ask ourselves one food related question. And I think um, this episode we get our question from Kate again. Right? I got all the questions. I just, yeah. Good, because I can't come up with any. So what's our question for this week? Okay. So what I um, was thinking about today was there's certain foods that you have only at specific places, right? Mm -hmm. I've never been to Disney World. um, And I see these pictures of this Dole Whip thing on everybody's in instagrams and i don't we're giving kate confused looks yeah <laughs> so a, a, apparently a dole whip is like some sort of soft served ice cream vanilla flavored with i think pineapple chunks and maybe like pineapple juice or something anyway people like lust over this thing it's like i mean that that sounds delicious. i mean it sounds amazing and it looks delicious when you see the but like just Instagram Dole Whip, and you'll be like, it'll be a thing. Dole like Dole canned like, fruit. Yeah, like okay, D O L E Dole. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and I believe that it's a like a proprietary Disney thing, like nine hundred and seventy five percent of everything on the face of the planet, right? So it's a proprietary Disney thing, and I think you only get at Disney World. So I was sort of thinking about if there was anything that I had ever had someplace that I will never have ever again unless I go back to that specific place. That's a good question. Yeah. It is a good question. I feel like we should have had it before we started recording. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we can come back to this at the end of the episode. No, I, is that is Dole Whip your thing? No, I've oh, never okay. had that. I've, oh, I've oh never okay, had this. okay. I, I just see people's things. So my thing is, um, I we went on vacation. My husband and I went on vacation once, and we were in San Francisco, and I had the most incredible sourdough bread that I've ever had in my entire life. And it was because it was this little old lady's like starter that she has been starting and was her mom's starter. And it's like, it's like a 75 year old starter. Yeah. It's like know? heirloom sourdough it starter. heirloom yeast at this point. And um, it was the most, and she had a, you know, a specific special um, set of pans that she cooked it in. So, and those were all, um, you know, aged and crusty. Yeah. Nature. And they just, they, <laughs> sure. they just, it was history in this bread and it was incredible. And I'll never experience that bread ever again, unless I go back to that one specific little, right. little mm-hmm. tiny That's a really place. good one. Yeah. yeah. It was That's amazing. really good. So I have two things that, that immediately come to mind for me. We know that I love pizza. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and there's a place in Cambridge that Melissa and I are actually supposed to go to this week, but we didn't get a chance to because we ran out of time. But in Cambridge, Massachusetts, not UK. We're not that worldly. Um, that's called Pinocchio's, and it's a little hole-in-the-wall place that makes amazing Sicilian pizza. Which, if you don't know what Sicilian pizza is, it's like square pizza, and, and the sauce is kind of sweet, and it's really really good and I used to work in Harvard Square so I used to eat it daily (laughs) and I haven't had it in about six years and I've been craving it for six years so that's like one one thing is their Pinocchio Sicilian pizza if you haven't tried it go try it um and then the other thing is I lived in Minnesota for about 18 months and there was this amazing donut shop there called Glamdahl Donuts Melissa's rolling her eyes. No, it's no, like no. In a good way. Yeah. That makes it sound like I'm like, eh. No, no. She's rolling donut. her eyes in ecstasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Lustfully. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they have a key lime pie. What? Donut? It's the most magical thing I've ever put Melissa in my mouth. Melissa has the vapors right now. It is happening. <laughs> I'm watching this. Yeah. It's yeah. real good. And that's Glamdoll Donuts. It's a woman-owned business. And they have different, like, seasonal donuts that they do, too. Like, everything that they make is delicious, but their key lime pie donut is my favorite. And it's called, I think it's called Miss Florida. It's not called key lime. They all have fun names, of course. Of course. So. Shit. Those are both really good answers. Although, I could steal Amy's because I have also had that key lime donut, and it was life-changing. But I fucking love donuts. You do love donuts. (sighs) I love yeah. them so much. Amy and I went on a little road trip on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, and we went to Union Square Donuts in Somerville. Oh. And there, it's like, because there's no, like, donut places around here. Right. Yeah, right. New like, Hampshire, get your act together. Yeah, New Hampshire, what the fuck? There's, like, places that have donuts special. Like, oh, right. Saturday and Sunday we make donuts, but once they're gone, they're gone. So, like, you have to get there at the right time. And, like, all that. And it's super bullshit. But so we drove down special to go to that donut shop. And I had a sea-salted bourbon caramel donut. Oh, that was so good. You didn't have that one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I could just tell by the look on your face. It was so good. No, guys, she... I've already been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> she did get that one. Um, and then we both had the blackberry lime basil. That's my cue. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and then you had the lemon one. Yes. Which was really good. I'm obsessed with citrus flavors if you haven't been able to tell. So I think just like, I think kind of what you said, like fresh donuts, because they're so different. Because those those Union Square donuts were completely different than the donuts that you get at Glam Doll. Yes. Like, no donut place unless you're going to like Dunkin' Donuts or like Heavenly Donuts. If it's a, a small indie establishment or a mom and pop, those donuts are going to taste different than any other donut. Yeah. Certainly. Um, especially because baking is so weird mm-hmm. like like sometimes the yeast is more yeasty sometimes it's less yeasty sometimes you get more rise sometimes you get less sometimes they come out you know more dense or less dense and like you have a certain amount of control especially i mean people that are running like union square or glam dollar experts obviously and making donuts so mm-hmm. like they have years and years of practice so i'm sure that they try and keep them kind of as uniform as possible but like every donut you have from one of those places I feel like is going to be slightly different. Yeah. Which I don't, it's not a great answer. But I think my answer is just donuts from actual donut places. There's a place that just opened up in Kittery, um, Maine, that I really want to go to called Lovebirds Donuts. They just opened. And I followed them on Instagram like immediately. (laughs) And we should take a road trip up there because they, they also have like a ton of amazing flavors was there anything like incredible when you went to ireland that you like experienced or that you think about i mean that is so i was vegetarian when i went to ireland but um we did this fun thing it was a ladies trip it was myself my mom my aunt and my cousin so all us ladies went to the to the homeland and um, I was vegetarian at the time, but we kind of decided that we were only going to take um, back roads. We weren't going to take any highways. And we drove the entire country. So we drove from one side. We started in Dublin and we drove all the way to the Ring of Kerry oh, wow. and then north and then cut cro- back across and then went back down to Dublin. That's amazing. Um, and we took all country roads. So like there were roads like we were using the GPS where it just constantly said unknown road. Um, there <laughs> this w- is a sheep path. Good luck. Well, no. So like there was times where like I think I have pictures, but where we got into a road and it was just full of sheep and it just kind of had to like drive slow and then eventually they got out of the way but like I mean it was amazing I'm glad we did that but because we did that it meant that we stopped in a lot of tiny villages and tiny towns Mm -hmm. that don't exactly have a robust vegetarian menu Mm -hmm. Um, so I ate a lot of lamb Mm -hmm. and I can say that lamb there and lamb here are two completely different things Oh, oh really? um, well, because the lamb, uh, uh, the majority of the meat that you eat in America is factory farmed, right. which I mean, we could do a whole episode on that and how f- fucking awful it is. And it would yeah. be really depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's terrible. But in Ireland and I'm sure there's I, I mean, of course, I haven't researched this. So, like, I could be wrong. But like you drive around and you see what you're going to be eating, which sounds kind of fucked up and like psycho. But like. It's sheep that are just out on the land. So Ireland has no natural predators at all. So there's there's literally nothing to hurt your livestock if you leave them outside. Oh, wow. So like 
fields are just full of sheep and cows and they just like hang out outside they bring them in if if there's like a particularly bad storm or whatever but otherwise they're just like out there living their life eating grass like and it's just different so i had i did have a lamb stew at this tiny little village we stopped in and i wish i knew the name um we were in oh my god we were in county (gasps) it's where the The next day, we picked up a newspaper and a bunch of dead body parts had been found in that county. And we drove by. And um, we uh, actually have pictures of us in front of this, like, road that's blocked off by a gate. And there's white trash bags, a bunch of them. Uh, And then in the article, we read that this person had been disposed of in white trash bags. uh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I have that picture. I'm sure that is not what it was. It was a guy killed his grandmother over a um, property dispute. He wanted her, like, land and stuff. But anyways, that was County Wicklow. I think it was County Wicklow. So we stopped at a tiny village in County Wicklow and for lunch, and there was, like, not a lot on the menu. (laughs) And I got this lamb stew, and it was so good. Like, it was just perfect with a, like, strong like Irish stout beer yeah, like I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure I got back into the car and just like passed out <laughs> it was so good the beer over there too was just like yeah oh so good except every bar you go to when they find out you're American they try and give you a Budweiser oh. and I'm like no. no please I grew up in a town where Budweiser literally is like the smell of the town yeah. so yeah. I'm good uh, but so I guess yeah I guess donuts and then I guess lamb stew in Ireland which probably People that are in Ireland are just like, it's just fucking lamb stew, man. It's just, like, it's just Tuesday night. Chill the fuck no out. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that's my, All right. that's my answer. Good answers. Good answers. Good, good, good job, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, Melissa, what are we drinking tonight? Thank you, Amy. <laughs> I was wondering if someone was going to do it or if I would just have to talk a, a lot, which I already do. A lot. Um, so, this episode is Graham Crackers and Curbing Sex. Woohoo! So, <laughs> I did, like, I did a bunch of research on, like, trying to find alcohol that was, like, invented to actually, like, decrease your libido. <laughs> no such thing. And I couldn't find anything. Okay. Yeah. Granted. The babies in the world would not be born were it not for alcohol. Right. Air quotes research was like a few hours just like, you know, Googling shit. Um, Couldn't find anything. So then I decided to go the opposite direction and look at drinks that like get you extra frisky. Nice. And I found this drink called Between the Sheets. Are you doing this because I'm spending the night, Melissa? Ulterior we'll never know because Amy will be too drunk to remember. Wait, that's not okay, guys. That's no. right. That's yeah. not okay. Yeah, not okay. <laughs> not okay. <laughs> Just to be clear. Um, so, no, we're going to be drinking between the sheets. So, um, it's a simple cocktail. It's uh, white rum, mm-hmm. cognac. Ooh, I've never had cognac, so this will be a new experience. Me well, neither. And me three. Yeah, and I noticed that cognac right now is like blowing up on Instagram. So oh. I don't know what's going on. It was very fortuitous. Um, triple sec. Okay. Quantro is best. Quantro is like kind of the fancy triple sec. Um, and lemon juice. Okay. So it just gets served in a wine glass or wine glass. Ooh, 
Just fill that baby up. No, in a cocktail glass, like a martini glass, straight up. So that means not on any ice or anything like that. Um, You can make kind of like a softer version um, by subbing the cognac with French or Spanish brandy. Because cognac is is essentially just like fancy brandy. Um, And uh, it's a little bit like this drink's a little bit of a diva. Because it's so simple, you really want to make sure that you're using, like, quality ingredients. So that's why specifically I say Cointreau Mm -hmm. instead of triple sec Mm -hmm. and cognac instead of brandy. And you really want to use um, a good white rum. It doesn't have to be, like, you know, a $50 bottle of liquor, but don't buy the bottom shelf. Okay. Um, And then fresh lemon juice. And it really depends how frisky you want them to get. Sure. (laughs) Um, Well, we'll get a little bit into that. Um... (laughs) So, uh, like, if you put cheap booze in it or fake lemon, like, mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty obvious because it's such a simple drink. Um, now, s- this drink sometimes is, can also be known as the Maiden's Prayer. Um, <laughs> that has a completely different connotation. Yeah, but there is also a drink called the Maiden's Prayer that is, like, a variation on between the sheets and that uses gin instead of rum um and uh, orange juice instead of lemon oh that sounds right so i do have a little bit of like history behind this but um we're just gonna make the cocktail real quick okay um and then once you guys get sipping on that a little bit we'll get into the history of kind of everything sounds good all right so Amy changed into her yoga pants. I thought you were just going to tell me I took my pants off, which would also be accurate. She did. Um, I have mixed them their their drinks. Um, so I would encourage you guys to take a sip and see how it is. Oh, let's cheers. Cheers. Oh, I don't trust myself. Oh, That's cheers. why I gave you the last full one. <laughs> oh. Ah. Ooh. I, I like it. Ooh. I'm glad you like it. I like it. I think mine has more lemon in it than yours do, though. Because mm. I made yours in the same shaker, and I made mine separate. Oh. So, do you want to trade? No. Are you sure? Yeah, it's getting better with each set. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we're going to talk a little bit about, like, the history um, of this. So this one's kind of a weird one, although these days it's not really super weird, um, but there's kind of like a rule of mixology um, that you shouldn't mix two base spirits. So this has both rum and cognac in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so like we are 100% breaking this rule <laughs> right now by having rum and cognac in it. Um, so because of this like little rule, Between the Sheets was listed as a drink to avoid in Arthur Patrick Gavin Duffy's first post-prohibition book oh. um, called The Official Mixer's Manual. And I thought it was just kind of a fun um, fact because this was um, the first book released post-prohibition by him in the United States. Um, and it's notable because like his aversion of the mixing two base spirits actually comes from prohibition when um, really cheap, like dirty really cheap, dirty speakeasies would do that in order to get their patrons drunk faster. Yeah. Basically throw really high alcohol content boozes into the same drink and Uh, get your, uh, it's like cheap booze, but it gets your patrons blitzed. That sounds like you're getting your money's worth. Right. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, doesn't make a good cocktail. 
Right. Like the cocktails that were made from this method were not. It's not artisanal. Great. Yeah. It wasn't to taste good. It was to get you fucked up. Okay. <laughs> Which I mean, you know, 1920s, 1930s, um, tough time. Yeah. So this is also a pretty strong drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were to pour, which we have an 80 proof brandy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a 60 proof, or so 80 proof brandy, 80 proof rum, and a 60 proof triple sec. Do you have to do math? No. I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you'll have a cocktail that's around 28% ABV, which Whoa. is 56 proof. So once it's mixed with the kind of, it's diluted a little bit by the ice you shook it with and the lemon juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why uh, drinks like this are served just as three or four ounces at a time. Yeah. You both have a little bit more than that. Um, <laughs> I also have a bottle of water because I do this thing when I'm drinking alcohol where I get really thirsty and then I just forget that it's alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. No, alcohol water, alcohol water is yep. a pretty good, yeah. pretty good bet. Um, we we condone uh, responsible drinking here at, at Drunk Dish. So <laughs> Always have a designated driver. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. My perpetual uh, designated driver. Um, so there's a couple conflicting theories on the invention of this cocktail, although like I don't really see them as conflicting, but whatever. We'll talk about them. So the most popular theory is that it was invented by Harry McElhone at Harry's New York Bar in Paris in the 1930s um, as a variation of the sidecar, which is the same thing, um, but without the white rum. Okay. Oh. Uh, McElhone is also credited as the inventor of a bunch of other cocktails, including the sidecar, uh, the Bloody Mary, the Monkey Gland. Oh. Yeah, that which is gross. also supposed to increase a man's virility. So, oh. so uh, Harry here kind of had a penchant for like saucy named cocktails. Nice. Um, and he also um, invented the earliest version that they can find of the French seventy-five, which is like champagne and like deliciousness. Uh, oh, I actually <laughs> have that here. So the monkey gland is gin, OJ. Absinthe and a few jo- drops of grenadine. That Holy will fuck you up. Jesus. Um, and then the French 75 is gin, simple syrup, lemon juice, and champagne. That, that sounds delicious. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll work it in. Okay. So there are kind of like two, kind of two other competing theories um, about like who actually uh, invented it, but the other ones don't include anybody's name. So there's another theory um, that the cocktail was created by the manager of the Berkeley, which is a really fancy schmancy hotel in London, um, Mr. Polly. Mr. Polly. Uh, in approximately 1921. Okay. Or that it was invented in French brothels as an aperitif consumed by the sex workers. So in all in all like scenarios of this, this is like a prohibition era yes. drink that was like, but it was invented in, in Europe. But put everything in together, get yourself fucked up. Yes. Kind of drink. Yes. Okay. Now, considering um, McElhone invented the sidecar, it seems super likely that yeah. he also invented between the sheets. Yeah. yeah. That just seems like common sense to me but there are these kind of other competing theories which like for uh mixed drinks that there's always like one guy said that like he invented it and then someone else is like no i invented it or whatever <laughs> I invented it 15 years ago. right yeah for all we know like this uh mcelhone guy could be like freaking edison and he's just like stealing shit all over the place and mm-hmm. taking credit for Maybe. it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we never know um 
so that's all right there I, somebody's a tesla fan uh, I was just yeah kidding. yeah and also there's a really good episode of buzzfeed unsolved talking about the guy that actually made the uh first moving picture camera and it wasn't fucking edison so fuck that guy also he mysteriously disappeared and was probably murdered while he was on his way to new york to deliver his patent so edison's also a murderer Probably. <laughs> All right. Amy, what do you have for us tonight? So uh, we, we're focusing on graham crackers for food tonight, right? And these actually were invented slightly after when our beverage was, but we have to kind of backtrack a little bit back to right before Prohibition era to kind of get the whole story. Uh, have you guys ever heard of the uh, teetotalism? The yeah. tea, well, teetotalers were kind of like the driving force behind prohibition, right? Yeah. So, like, in school, whenever I heard that term, I just thought, like, oh, they're anti-booze. But that's not the okay. whole story. They're anti-booze and anti-sex. Bunch of fucking losers. Yeah. They saw those things, like, Unless you're straight edge and you're, like, saving yourself for the perfect person, and that's a totally valid choice as long as you don't push it onto anybody else. Right. That's a personal choice. Yes. Not a regulated, legislated, or societal pressure choice. Right. Um, So right before Prohibition, there's something called the Temperance Movement, which actually led to Prohibition, right? And the Temperance Movement was really big in the United States. There were efforts in the UK and Europe, too. Um, They weren't quite as successful. But they were all like, "Mm, no. Yeah. Yeah, I I loved one of, just like a little, like, thing about, like, Downton Abbey, when that like their American cousin or whatever comes over to visit and like they're talking about prohibition and they're just like, what, what the fuck, America? Like, yeah. what's wrong? It's a lot like what's happening today. Mm. <laughs> Where people are like, what the fuck, America? What? Yeah. But and, and the funny how thing do is, you not see yourselves, America? Oh, yeah. we do. We do. Mm. We do. We just some of us can't can't stop it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, some the of funny us just thing. Drink. Mm. Yes, but that's this is our answer to everything is the booze. Um, so the nice thing about about all this stuff going on and the temperance movement and prohibition, I, I like that you bring up Downton Abbey and like the people in the UK are like, what the fuck? Like, why are you doing that? Because one of the driving forces of the temperance movement and prohibition is actually um, happens much earlier. It's the Industrial Revolution. So you all of a sudden have a completely upheaval of the class system in America. And young people are moving away from homes, they're moving into an urban setting, and they're getting blitzed. So, like, they're no longer having home-cooked meals all the time. They're going to bakeries or cafes or restaurants, and they're becoming more disconnected from their food sources. They're also drinking at much higher volumes than ever before because they're working really long hours, and it's kind of like a way to go home and unwind. And prior to the Industrial Revolution, liquor and alcohol actually plays like a really important role in colonial America. So it's considered like a, a everyday thing. It's it's you know part of life and culture. And as the Industrial Re- Revolution starts to take place, the people who are in power start to see alcohol actually as like a way, like as a symbol of these lower class people and their upward mobility. So huh. there's a whole, like, there's a branch of the prohibition and temperance that's like women's rights, where I like that part because it's like women are like, if you aren't going to give us the fucking right to vote, then we're going to take your booze away. And oh, from sure. Sex. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then there's an, another part of the temperance and prohibition movement, and this is probably arguably the part that, like, actually gets the attention of politicians a little bit more because people in that time period didn't like to listen to ladies, but it's the part of the upper you class. Can't. 
You can't dictate legislation while you're on your period. No emotions. Oh my God. Right. Can't have a woman president. She'll <laughs> bomb England. Vaginas. Vaginas. I mean, I call out of work whenever I have my period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Melissa's boss. <laughs> I call out enough. She might actually think that's true. It's not. All... It's not. It's my crippling intestinal pain. <laughs> I was just going to ask if you were all on the same cycle yet. Because... We are. Oh, God. Yeah, no, we are. Oh. Fun. Bad time. We have a very female forward leadership mm. team, and mm. we are all synced up. Mm. That's great. That's great. That's wonderful. <laughs> oh. Lots of tears once a month. Yay. <laughs> Back to alcohol. <laughs> Lots of tears once a month. So, so there's a part of the, the prohibition movement and the temperance movement that's focused on, like, keeping the man down and, like, seeing that as, like, a complete, a way of, like, people having personal freedoms and responsibilities. So they push forward prohibition as a way to be, like, no, actually, like, you need to be controlled. So, like, the urban centers, like I said, we have all these young people moving in. They're just going crazy. They're drinking alcohol. They're away from home for the first time. They don't have all the societal pressure of being in a town where it, everybody knows who they are. Yeah, it's, like freshman year of college yeah everybody goes i didn't go to college but i assume that it's the same thing as what happened during the industrial revolution exactly you put on that freshman 15 you get alcohol poisoning at least a couple times yeah and then you know you graduate and you have crippling debt just like the industrial revolution yes yes or you lose like a limb or you lose or your life or your life yeah get that black lung (laughs) the black lung by the, by the mid-1700s, there's, like, this counterculture movement that's really led by religious leaders. And actually, the guy who founds the Methodist Church, um, John Wesley, in 1743, he, like, creates this public proclamation, and he says that alcohol is the root of all of this evil. Alcohol is against God. Um, and then soon, other forms of Christianity catch on. So the Calvinists, the Presbyterians, is they it, all hop on the bandwagon. Is it just like anything that like makes you feel good is against God, basically? Yes. I think I said in episode one, if it feels good, stop. Mm, like, that's yes. yeah. Christianity. I mean, there's lovely parts. We're going to go through that again? Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. We've made our feelings clear. Yes. <laughs> So the cool thing is that the same exact time that you have this, like, movement, this prohibition movement, and this kind of teetotalism, which is anti-alcohol and anti-sex, and these things are picking up steam, you also have the start and the dawn of the first health fads of the country. Ooh, I love a good health fad. Yes. So, like, (laughs) think of of, um, the... You know, the, some of these early people are like the Gwyneth Paltrow's of their day. Instead of having goop, they have, you know. I, I prescribe to the Romeo and Michelle method where uh-huh. I subsist on Diet Coke and candy corn, and I'm almost at my goal weight. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What's that one called? But so we so we had, like, basically fad diets even back then. Yeah. Yeah. They started as early as the early, That's fucking nuts. early to mid-1700s. Yeah. All right. And cool. part, part of it, again, is because the Industrial Revolution, you have all these young people who are no longer getting home-cooked meals and their health starts to decline. That's true. I mean, health probably wasn't great to begin with back then. Right. Right? I mean, people die at, what, like, 40? Is that generous? 
Yeah, I mean, you. It depends on class. Like, you oh look sure. At, you look at like the founding fathers who all lived to be like ninety or hundred. Yeah, but all those fucking rich. all those rich people fucking get gout because they all got diabetes. <laughs> yeah, they got the diabetes. <laughs> like it's like a status of your wealth if you have fucking gout. True. Like big giant I've feet had, and can't walk I've around. Had all my toes amputated. Yeah, Ugh. I'm rich, motherfucker. <laughs> no thanks. Who wants to have sex with my shriveled dick? Ugh. Nobody. I don't. I don't think gout shrivels your dick, guys. That's not. I don't know anything about gout. Yeah. I just assume these old rich men probably have shriveled penises. Let's not think about that. And that's why their their wives were part of the temperance movement. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were like, no, thank we're you. We're done. Sally, come here. You dear. <laughs> Take Ugh. care of this. Ugh. Okay. So, back to health fads. <laughs> The first health fads are like like um almost like mysticism. So they're like this combination of like religious philosophy and then also like natural living to try to try and combat this new like urban centered living. The earliest crunchies. Yes, yeah. The earliest crunchies. Excellent. And they but they don't really know what they're talking about. Right, they don't. Although, to be fair, we might not know what we're talking about either. In, like, 100 years, they're going to be like, everything we knew about health was wrong. But right. we know that they didn't know what just they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, just you make it. It's good for you. Hey, man, that's most fad diets these days. Right, so. Yeah. Uh, during So in this, like, early time, there's two main um, spokespeople. And this is also when vegetarianism Ooh. starts to catch on and becomes a thing. Um, and the two main spokespeople for vegetarianism, one of which is Ellen White, and she's actually one of the founders of Seventh-day Adventists. So again, you have this like weird intertwining of religion and health. And like they saw it as like a whole holistic whole body approach. So like today we have like all these like pretty skinny white blonde ladies like doing yoga and like talking about like eating like sugar-free diets, which like that would make me want to gnaw somebody's face off if I couldn't have sugar. Have either of you, this is completely off topic, have either of you watched the catering show on YouTube? It starts with a K. Yes. You yes, have. Yes. Yes. Did you watch the one where they gave up sugar? Yes. yes. It's one of the best episodes ever. If you, if so good. You guys have never watched the catering oh show with a K, with the two Kates, you got to watch it. But in one of them, they talk about giving up sugar and how much more healthy they are, but like also how fucking <laughs> how miserable they are. Yeah. Uh, true story, just as also an aside, I went to a... Um, a New Year's party once with a bunch of Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, and um, for their New Year's resolution, they didn't make one. They just said, let's hope that this is the last year. It was awesome. That's fucked up. <laughs> that's that's no, so, no joke. So you went to a party with a cult. It yep. was, yeah. I admit I don't know what those are. Kate, I'm so happy you made it out. I did. I, I was, <laughs> it was, I was, my, my boyfriend at the time was friends with, in a band with one of the guys. I so, was yeah, it was, in a band. Yeah, he was in a band. I know young Kate. <laughs> oh, they were all in a band. They were all in bands. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, this one was, uh, mm-hmm. And it was like, I got to go. Yeah, no. Kate is not easily brainwashed unless there are kittens involved. Yeah. They're oh. like, here, join our death cult. No, I'm good. Kittens. We have endless supply of kittens. And she's like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. When does the world end? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How many can I carry with me? Can I die snuggled with these kittens? Will they be in the afterlife? Yeah. Will they let me on the plane with these kittens? Will we go to the, the new planet with the kittens? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Everybody gets a kitten. Oh, boy. So, just sorry, one. This is, no, no, it's fine. Sidebar. <laughs> this is 
all great information. Sidebar. We're going to call it sidebar from yeah, now sidebar. on. Side, sidebar. Sidebar. So this, this Ellen White lady who found... Betty White? Ellen White. Oh, Betty White. Betty White loves animals. Yeah, we're not talking... No, we're not... Spay, so, neuter your kitty. Sidebar. <laughs> sidebar, Betty White loves animals. That's great. She has a clothing line and the proceeds go to animal... <gasps> Uh, wellness groups and like shelters. I have it. I have a shirt. It's purple. It says. It says. I can't remember what it says now. It's got. It's got just her face on it though, and says like Betty White is something. I, I couldn't nice. love Betty White. Anymore. You know who else loved animals? Ellen White. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amy. Are we off topic? <laughs> <They were> related. <laughs> oh my God, are they related? Founded. Seventh Day Adventist and vegetarianism. Vegetarianism. Wow. Wow. I've okay. Had, I've had about half my cocktail now. Okay. So drink some water. Yeah. Sidebar. <laughs> I am an advocate for vegetarianism and veganism when you can do it. Like I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people because obviously I'm not. Right That's now. like when you met me, you're like, you can't be a vegetarian. Like, I would die. Right, because you'd die. You'd be one of those junk food vegetarians that subsists on, like, french fries and Oreos, and, like, you'd die. Yeah. Because Oreos are vegan, because that's how fake the cream is. Yeah. Um, but, like, back then? Right. It must have been so hard. Well, I mean, your main sources of nutrition, I feel like, are, are livestock. Well, but no, because back then, you're eating actual real food. Like, you're... Also, back then, there's not factory farming. Right, like you're harvesting food. Right, but like the factory farming has nothing to do with it because they're not eating meat. Like one of no, the main reasons for being a vegetarian is because of factory farming. Like, Right. But but if you grow a garden, you grow a garden, you know. Like yeah, you, but there's still like B12. Oh, well, back then B12 would have been on the vegetables because yeah. they wouldn't be sanitized. No, yeah. Monsanto hadn't started oh, yet. Oh, well. Yeah. So sidebar, sidebar. Monsanto. <laughs> no, we're not going to. We're not going to go there. <laughs> Sorry, who? Ellen White? Betty White's mom? (laughs) Betty White's like 800, so this could totally be her mom. Grandma. Grandma. I was getting too close to the mic again, guys. Stop that. I got to sit back here. So Ellen White was super busy. She also founded something called the Western Health Reform Institute, and it later gets purchased, and that's what Dr. Kellogg, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, the serial dude, actually sets up his, like, whole operation out of right and he's he comes a little bit later um the other person who helps found uh, vegetarianism and make it popular in the united states is sylvester graham the inventor of the graham cracker and he subscribes which we're eating right now melissa just made direct eye contact with me and then slowly picked up a graham cracker that's a great sound <laughs> my mic picks up everything that's great <laughs> So Sylvester Graham, he's he's like born of this kind of philosophy and ideology, right? Um, he's born in uh, 1794 in Connecticut, and he becomes a Presbyterian minister, um, and he becomes a leading member of the temperance movement, too. Before he becomes a minister, he, like, can't hold down a job. He's just kind of, like, you know, going through life aimlessly. Can't figure out what he wants to do. He does odd job after Shame. odd job. And then... And then he becomes a minister, and he feels like, I found my calling. Mm -hmm. Um, And he starts, like, actually going. He becomes a public speaker, and he writes all these amazing essays. And he's actually, like, a really eloquent, charismatic figure. And he gets a a pretty big following, too. So once he becomes a minister, though, he actually does, like, very little preaching. He spends, like, he, I think, I mean, not an expert, but 
I think that he kind of likes it. He just likes people listening to him. And that's kind of why he became a minister, because he just stops preaching from the pulpit about religious stuff and starts, like, going on these, like, tours where he's talking about what he believes is the perfect diet and the perfect way of living your life to be, like, wholesome. So it's, it's like, scripture mixed with the health stuff. So he's, like, an early motivational speaker. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. lecturer. Yeah. And he, like, he creates a whole uh, health regime and he advocates for, and this is a direct quote from his biography, whole wheat for bread, hard mattresses, open windows, fresh fruits and vegetables, pure drinking water, and cheerfulness at meals. So he was the original dude that was like, it would be better if you smiled. You just buy more. I agree with most of those. I, I do agree too. too. So, like, I mean, like, most of those are fine. Yeah, there was yeah. only one. Hard mattresses. Hard, mattress. hard mattresses. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, for your posture? Yeah. I mean, I like a firm mattress. But hard is a bit of a... Yeah. Uh, what are you, sleeping on some rocks or... Maybe. And their mattresses Concrete. couldn't have been that great back then to begin with. Yeah. Wait, what year are we in? <laughs> like 1800. Yeah. <laughs> She's like 1800. 2003. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the mattresses back then. By this point, it's the 1800s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay. he's getting a following. He's preaching. He's actually, like I said, he's super eloquent. But a lot of the people who are writing up articles about him in the newspaper make fun of him because he has this, like, super hyper focus on sex. So, like, his followers are eating it yeah, up, and they're like, a dude. yeah, but he, well, he's, like, focused on abstaining from it, though. It's the opposite of what we normally. Closeted homosexual. Maybe. Well, don't protest too much. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> That's a theory I had not explored. Um, I found no information about his personal life, like children or wives or anything. Yeah, like, he probably so, couldn't get a date, so he was like, obviously. No, I date. bet he was married. Was he the original incel? <laughs> <laughs> Sidebar: What the fuck yeah. is up with incels? Or serious? I'm peeking, guys. Yeah, y'all be talking about incels. I gotta go. Oh, all the way back here <laughs> to not peek. <laughs> Melissa is leaning back a good three feet from her microphone. Yo, y'all, this mic's too good, y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's the original. I love that. That <laughs> is going to be the quote for this episode. Mm-hmm. It's what is his name? Stephen. Stephen. Kellogg. Grimm. No, it's not Grimm. Kellogg. That's a different episode. It's Alexander Graham <laughs> I'm not answering because I'm trying to not spit out my drink. No, no. It's Sylvester Graham. Sylvester, like Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, oh, no sex. <laughs> Eat your graham crackers. I'm sure that's exactly what he said. Like. <laughs> Don't know what to say. I'm get all that rocky. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Oh my god, is Sylvester Stallone here? Yes. That was so convincing. (laughs) Jesus. So Sylvester Graham is the original incel. Sylvester Graham. Is the original incel. He just didn't have Reddit to express his feelings. Yeah. And one of the first things he writes is the science of human life. Okay. Because he's a scientist. Yes. And this is this is something like he. I feel like he has like again like this like savior complex or something. He just likes to hear himself speak. This is from the science of human life. My undertaking has, from the commencement of my career as a public lecturer, been a most difficult as well as most arduous one. 
I have endeavored for nearly 10 years past by oral instruction to bring to the comprehension and understanding of the popular and unlearned mind one of the most abstruse and complicated subjects within the range of natural sciences. Yeah, because before I started deciding to do this, I just got to sit around and loaf all day. Yes. And then I had to get a real job. <sighs> right. And yes. he's, like, the, the funny thing about all this, too, is he's actually, like, a complete shit businessman. Like, he makes no money over the course of his life. Sure. He's traveling, and he's doing all these lectures, and he publishes a couple other things, too. He publishes The Young Man's Guide to Chastity. 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 And... Oh. Discourses on sober and temperate life. Oh. Um, Why didn't you say these with an accent? <laughs> what accent? I don't know. He probably had an accent. He's from Connecticut. Yeah, but it's like eighteen hundreds. Weird. That's all. He says from... Dan weird. <laughs> what? People from Connecticut. Like you say, Dan weird. They say Dan. 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 boy. Dan boy. Go to the stable. Give me one of the things he said. Give me an easy one. That thing was like 15. Yeah, it's just a line. I have endeavored for nearly 10 years past. I have endeavored for nearly 10 years past. (laughs) That sounds more like an uppity Connecticut pseudoscientist to me. He did not sound like that. You don't know. You don't know shit about him except for his quotes because you don't. Because there's nothing out there about his personal life. That's true. He there's this really amazing, um, this really amazing interpretation of like the fall from uh, the Garden of Eden, like man's fall from the Garden of Eden. What he described it as is a fall from quote the vegetable kingdom. (laughs) So he's like, the worst thing God can do to us is kick us out, make us eat fruits, vegetable kingdom. And force us into a life of eating animals and having sex. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> so he, like I said, he believes this message a lot. And I think, like, he, he's earnest. Like, my impression of him is he likes to hear himself talk, but I think he's 100% earnest in his beliefs. Like, I think he he's fully bought into it. Right. He's not, like, faking it till he makes it like right. he's not like i don't believe in this stuff like maybe i don't know our president but i'm gonna spew it out and and like make money off of it right. and like bullshit the people basically right. he's actually an idiot he is and he ne- like he never tries to like patent any of this or like he like patent his recipes or anything he just puts it out there and like the people the people, air quotes, are eating this shit up so much. His his lectures start drawing uh, pe- attendance in, like, the thousands. Like, he'll have, like, two or three thousand people attend one Like, that's a lot lecture. because a they lot. have to, like... There's no internet! There's no Facebook events! There's no... <laughs> right. Yeah. How do you put something together like that without a bent right? I don't know. <laughs> and, like, they didn't, like, they have to travel. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's so fucking spread out. And there's no unions or sick days. You can't, like, just be like, I need to call out of work because there's a political thing or a thing I need to go see. Like, you could get fired for not showing up to work one day. Even yeah. if you had a good reason. Yeah. Let alone going to listen to a weird sexless zealot. But 
weird sexless zealot. zealot. The name of my new band. Oh my god, Kate gets a new band name every episode, and I'm here yeah, for it. That's the one. <laughs> His followers start calling themselves Grammites, <laughs> which is the dumbest fucking name ever. Wait, what? <laughs> Grammites. Gramites. 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 Not Gramites. Gramites. Which I feel like they would also be good. Gramites. Um, and a lot of his followers later go on to found something called the Brook Farm Institute of Agriculture and Education. And it's in what is now uh, modern day West Roxbury, Massachusetts, where I used to live. Oh, shoot. One of the many places I've That's lived where in the you live? Years. I lived in West Wa- Roxbury. West Roxbury. West Roxbury. <laughs> the more you drink. Is that the one that I, uh, that play- house I went to? When we came back from the Women's yes. March? Yes. When we came back oh, from I the thought it March. just began with an R. I didn't know it was a West. Yeah, it was West. And then Roxbury. whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. It was, you probably just thought it was Roxbury, which is Maybe. also a place. I honestly didn't remember. But, <laughs> but the, that, um, they founded this weird, like, kind of cultish, utopian society hmm. um, in Massachusetts. And it was like this experiment. It lasted less than a decade, but a bunch of people, it was like, like a kind of like pseudo communist vegetarian, like yes farm area. Yeah, yes. I'm on board with the philosophy. Yes, <laughs> I'm just not on board with like all the weird. But sex like, but right, stuff. but like, add sex. Right. I can hear him smacking. Very <laughs> lemony at the bottom. Yeah, I'm digging the lemon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we drink these drinks fast. <laughs> So apparently, um, what's this drink between the sheets? It's a good drink. Yeah, it's a real good drink. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Where were we? So they created we're this. We're now in 1829. Ooh, we've made it a whole three decades. Yes. And he invents a specific kind of flour to fit with his diet. It's unsifted and coarse, which sounds delicious. Yeah, like a rustic. I can make mm-hmm. a rustic bread Artisan. out of that. Yeah, artisan. Known as graham flour, and he bakes bread with it. And this bread later becomes graham crackers. It's not leavened and is. But it's like yeah, it's like stale, hard, coarse bread. It's like the bread from Lord of the Rings. Lambus. It's like Lambus bread. He invented (laughs) Lambus bread that has all the nutrients you need to get you through a long, arduous journey to destroy the one true ring. Yep. 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 Oh my God, he invented Lambus bread. Uh. (laughs) Did he invent elven? uh... (laughs) I think the elves were too. Mithriel too? that's from the dwarves. Fuck! <laughs> I think I think all of the, I gotta mess something up at least once an episode. But I like that I got your your mind. But doesn't he? Shirt. It gets gifted from the elves though. No, the chainmail. Yeah, it was the dwarves that made it. Oh, but it gets gifted because are the elves like the white colonists of Middle Earth? No, the dwarves gave it to him. Oh, I thought he got it at everyone in Rivendale is white. I know there's Bilbo gave it to Frodo because it was actually Bilbo's. That's right. The dwarves gave it and, to Bilbo. But he gave it to him when he to was River, in Rivendale, yes. not Riverdale, the popular not CW that. television show. No, no. Did you know there's going to be an Archie statue in uh, Exeter? Because Is it going to be AJ, KJ Appa no, Archie? Like well, the then Jersey I don't fucking care because Archie. I need that KJ Appa 
ripped ads, bear scars because he got attacked by a bear. Sidebar, he's a bear wolf. We're getting... A werebear. We're getting sidebar. He's a werebear. Okay. Sidebar. Still haven't watched it. Oh, boy. It's so good. It's such trash. Okay. 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 Speaking of trash... This man, Sylvester Graham. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> he believes that urbanization is like the huge evil of the modern. Wait, world. sorry, what is urbanization? So people oh. moving into cities. And okay. He credits it for the shift in diets and for attitudes about sex. And about okay. Food. I mean, I see where he's coming from. He's wrong, but I see where he's coming from. Yeah, but he, yeah, it's a change, and he obviously doesn't like change. Right. And he, like people are disconnected from the land. And like, he still can't get a date. He's yeah. He's he's still an incel. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite. thing. <laughs> That's Sylvester Graham as the original incel. So he starts he starts this war. <laughs> I want to infiltrate. I think that Reddit got shut down, but I want to infiltrate wherever those fucking Cretans wandered off to after the Reddit got shut down. And my screen name's gonna be Sylvester Graham. <laughs> be too intelligent for any of them no they wouldn't get it but i would yeah yeah so he starts a war against bakeries and bakers (laughs) i know your your face says it all just think of all the donut shops you have gone too fucking far sylvester graham you incel vaginas but you leave my donuts you leave my fucking bread and my fucking Donuts alone. So, Those people are artists. Okay, okay. <laughs> They're so angels. In the time. In flower. In defense of Sylvester Graham, the time <laughs> period in which he lived, bakers would often add a whole bunch of weird shit and additives like, to bread. Like spoiled flour? Yes. And or other, cement? And, and yeah. Stuff like cement, what? building materials. Oh, because white we can bread. Do, we can do a whole episode on it. Because white bread was considered like a sign of the bread's quality. So the whiter the bread, the higher quality it was. So they would add a whole bunch of They'd random add shit to really make bad it stuff. Whiter, and it was making people sick. Like I'm bleach. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure in Europe. I don't know if it was in the United States. We'll probably do an episode on it at some point. But I'm pretty sure in Europe, 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 <laughs> in Europe, there were pretty strict laws about what goes into bread and like you could be put to death for not being honest about what was in your bread yeah i mean at this time too there was no oversight in the united states about right. food yeah like if you haven't read the jungle read the jungle it's weird and fucked up and oh, i'm like you never want to eat meat ever um but like you do and you've read it so yes i'm <laughs> <laughs> like you never want to eat meat for six months awkward silence yeah. and like you declare to your parents in middle school that you're going to be a vegetarian and then your mother laughs um, she just doesn't understand you. She does well because I only eat pizza. Parents just don't understand. So she was like, "You don't eat meat, anyways." <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to. I'm not going to, but I really want to. <laughs> Do, Do you not get the reference? No. Oh, okay. You're so young. Moving Here's the situation. on. Jeez. <laughs> oh, no, no, go. Parents don't okay. understand. Okay. I'm going. I'm going. Okay. There's a fireware. <laughs> okay, moving on. Sidebar over. Okay. 
Um, Amy has to find her place. The sidebars to end all sidebars. Okay, so Graham invents his flour. Yes. And Graham crackers. His shitty flour, but that, like, doesn't have cement or, like, arsenic or anything in it. And he's like, eat this. It'll cure all your ailments. When in truth, all people had to do was just bake their own bread and not, or not go to bakeries that, like, put shit ingredients But I assume that there was a reason why they didn't bake their own bread. Time. Well, because think of, like, all the young people living in boarding houses who work. They can't, they don't have an oven. They don't have an oven. So, like, like, he's saying, bake your own bread and use my flour. But, like, it was this huge societal issue that was caused by the Industrial Revolution and poor planning. Like, women started getting pregnant at much, like, earlier rates. And getting, like, like sexual violence went up. uh, Infant mortality rates went up. Like, everything got shitty during the Industrial Revolution. And then, like, we got over that hump. And things kind of started to improve. But Graham attributes it all to bread. Um, and he writes this this um, lecture thing. I need to find what it's called. Hold on. It's called uh, A Treatise on Bread. I don't know why the fuck I couldn't remember that. Isn't it Treatise? Treatise. Yeah, okay. sure. Which That's <laughs> smart. Yeah, which is like a manifesto to crime bakeries and mass-produced breads, too. I mean, I would agree with mass-produced breads. Right. But, like, the original graham crackers are nothing like what we eat today. Because what we eat today is delicious. Right. They were completely unsweetened, and they were thicker and, like, coarser. Gross. Yeah, gross. But were they, like, nutritionally, like, high in nutrition? Yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. I mean, that's something. Slambus bread. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So Graham's, his lectures and beliefs, they're not universally held. And in 1834... A mob actually attacks him after he tries, he attempts to lecture a group of women about the virtues of chastity. Was the mob made up of all their boyfriends? <laughs> <laughs> I need that poon! <laughs> Fuck you! you. <laughs> Fuck you, Sylvester Stallone! Not my fault, no, you can't get in. You shut up! <laughs> And that's not the first, the, that's not the last time, it is the first time, it's not the last time that Sylvester Graham's attacked by an angry mob. <laughs> You labored so hard to say this. I did. I did. I feel like it's because you wanted to say Sylvester Stallone. It is, and fuck you. (laughs) All right. Okay. So angry mob. Yeah. So of husbands and boyfriends. That's the first time. The second time, it's bakers. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bakers like put good stuff in your bread, but like. And, and butchers too, because remember, oh, he's no a vegetarian. Meat, right. No candlestick makers, though. <laughs> I saw the wires in Kate's brain sparking, trying to make the connection. <laughs> just, oh, I was actually trying to make a dildo joke, but it just wasn't going to come out. Oh, right. I'm sorry. That's so, the cogs yeah, I saw turning. The dildo uh, cog. Yeah, the dildo. <laughs> I get that. Well, and then, too, like, your profession, like, I feel like now, I mean, obviously, it's still really hard, sidebar. Obviously, it's still (laughs) really hard if, like, your profession becomes obsolete and you have to, like, learn something new. But, like, Mm -hmm. you can, and there are systems in place that should help you through that. Whether they do or not, I mean, that's a whole other thing that we're not going to get into. But back then, like, if you're a butcher and your business is failing, like, 
And it's like, it's not just your family's going to starve to death. Like it's your father was a butcher and his father before. Yeah. It's all, you know, and what are you going to do? It's not like you can just become a go to go to college. You have no skills. Become the, go to call the barbers. That's true. That's true. (laughs) They sell the meat. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And make meat pies. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, you can't like. You can't just like pick up and be like, oh, well, that didn't work. I'm going to, no, your family is dying because they're starving to death and you're a terrible husband because you can't provide for them. Well, probably the butcher's families were not starving to death. Because they had a lot of meat. Sure. But I get you. Sure. I get where you're going. They all have super high cholesterol (laughs) and heart disease. They're all dying at 23, but they're not. Like. Yeah. Where were you? So Sylvester Graham. Yeah. He's getting attacked by mobs left and right. And then he's like, he's still just like so focused on the sex thing that even some of the Grahamites are like, dude, chill out. Yeah. Like you need to get some. So he's so obsessed with the sex thing. And you might've said that this and I just missed it and whatever. But so like, is he at this point saying my diet will like. Will allow you to help you. Okay. Okay. So he is like claiming this way you just won't like Which, like if you're eating really high branny whole wheat bread you're gonna be pooping <laughs> yeah but you're still gonna get boners i don't know i feel like, like you're still gonna get wet all, no because like if all no you're chocolate eating, no sweet yeah like life is you just... don't need chocolate and sweets to get fucking horny but i am horny all the time <laughs> <laughs> well also not ever wanting to have sex so you know it's the best of both worlds dun, dun, but dun. <laughs> like uh, that's what i wonder like did he have an explanation this this will make <laughs> scram cracker this will make it so your dick does not get hard right. and ladies so your nether regions will not throb and get warm <laughs> well he saw like it's kind of like the anti-aphrodisiac right okay so like how the... you know oysters right this is the opposite of that exactly it'll make you nerdy so Not it's, lusty. It's more like you're avoiding the foods that will increase your libido. Okay, so it's not mm-hmm. necessarily saying this will decrease your libido, right. but you'll be staying away from things that increase your libido. Right. And exactly. also, this is no fun, so it's going to make you so you no guys fun. will be miserable, and right. no one will want to sleep you'll get with you. Crotchety exactly. and angry and yeah. grumpy, and you'll fight, and then yep. you'll never bone anybody ever again. Yeah. Well, it's a sad, sad existence, and you'll be living just like Sylvester Graham, unless, which is what his ulterior motive is. Unless, yeah, unless you be. don't want to bone people, and that's fine. Right. right. That's totally fine. But then that's, again, your choice. And right. based choice. on weird society. But graham sure. crackers will not help you not get a boner. Right. No. No No truth in that. We just give it to every high school boy ever. Eat these graham crackers. You'll never have a boner in class again. Yeah. You don't need to <laughs> hide behind that giant. Yeah. Notebook. When the teacher calls you up, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> That's dubious. <laughs> Where were you now at, at the end of this sidebar? <laughs> Guys, you know I like history. No, this is... You can't tell me the race there. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Search. I can see that word. You did it. You're good. Yeah. You're good. You did it. You can't tell me to research shit and then not give me the time. To show off. <laughs> show us your big brain, Amy. I want to see it. Check out that big brain on Amy. Ooh. So, <laughs> Oberlin College ends up adopting Graham's diet. 
Okay. As, like, the oh. official college meal plan. Okay. And it creates this big scandal on campus because one of the teachers is found to be putting pepper on his food. <laughs> and that's, like, I get you can't spice or season. It's, like, the ultimate, like, white person diet. I would probably love it. But someone puts... No, you like seasoning. Yeah. You love cheese. Cheese is salty as fuck. That's true. That's true. But someone puts... A teacher puts pepper on his food and it's he gets fucking fired. Whoa! Pepper on his food. You know he should have just sexually harassed his colleagues, and then he would have been been fine. fine. He would have been fine. Just don't put pepper on your food. Yeah. And then the students end up protesting because they're like, "Fuck this shit!" Right. That's insane. Right. That was our favorite teacher. Or no, like the pepper. We didn't even more about the food than the teacher. We didn't even like him that much, but this is fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) And the diet. I didn't go to college to not have sex. Right. That's right? that's literally the only reason why most people went to college at that time. Hey, I'm not eating pepper. Sex. I'm still boning like crazy, and I <laughs> definitely have syphilis. <laughs> syphilis. Hashtag 1800s. <laughs> so the college disbands the the menu, and then like people just stop listening to Graham eventually. So they're he, like, ha, ha, yeah, ha, ha. yeah, they just like, so like the people that were making fun of him in the papers at the first time, but like he felt good because he had his Grahamites. The Grahamites go away. Like even there, like you're getting to be too much. And he keeps preaching until the uh, 1840s. But like by 1845, people are just sick of him. They're like, dude, we don't care anymore. And part of it's because there's these all these changing like beliefs and opinions about sex during this time. So the vibrator is invented within the next couple decades. When? (laughs) (laughs) In the 1870s, the vibrator's invented. Wow. The vibrator's invented actually for really fucked up reason. Yeah. Um, Because, uh, so like, this is a fad diet that's all uh, about like godliness, right? What Graham's proposing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The vibrator's invented to treat hysteria, so women oh, would be like masturbated against their will. Like Freud, right? Because yes. that's something he did. He had women masturbate, right? Right. And then, like, and what, it would relieve yeah. their hysteria. Yeah. So, right. like, there's like they start to realize, hey, there's like a nerve cluster there, and it's important. But then they start doing fucked up shit with that. But there's like this huge shift and and change in all these ideologies and these beliefs. So he's he falls out of favor and he ends up dying in 1855, penniless, and with pretty much like no one and a virgin. Remember, yeah, probably a virgin. Virgin is a social construct; it's not a real thing. It's definitely an incel still, though. <laughs> Sexless. Yeah. Sexless. He did die an incel. Yeah, and he he never profits from any of his diets or from his flour. Um, Kellogg who invents this cereal later on, and I'm sure we'll do an episode about him at Oh, some point. boy, we're going to unpack that bad boy. Yeah, he's actually one of Graham's disciples during this time. So that makes he, so much sense. Yeah, so <laughs> Kellogg actually profits a shit ton off mm. of Graham, and he takes his flour recipe and modifies it and makes granola. He makes cereals. He makes a whole bunch of shit off of everything he learned from Graham. The secret? Sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. So... But what Graham makes nothing, and he, I, I remember when I was like, Graham definitely has illusions of grandeur. So he actually believed that his house, um, which was in Northampton, Massachusetts, he believed that no. his, his house would eventually be turned into a monument in his honor. 
and that his name would like forever be remembered. Uh, his house is now a restaurant called Sylvester's, and they definitely serve a good burger. Um, is it actually called Sylvester's it though? It is. Yay, he wins. <laughs> Wait, but did they do that on purpose? I think so. I would think. I mean, as like, like a mon- I think but like, like as a, a knock as a, to him, like yeah, not or joke. not or not truly understanding what he was about, and then naming a restaurant. I don't after know if him. they did it as a knock or as a because they didn't understand. I think they just named it that way because it was his house. Because it was his house. All right. Um, but they serve a good burger. But they serve a good burger, and I and definitely think we can, should do a road trip. And then you can get a hand job. Yeah, right North Hampton. I'm just saying. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it's that kind What's of What's it called? You go in there and, uh, for the ladies. Not a hand job. I mean, it could still be a finger job. I know what it is when you're doing it to yourself. That's working on the DJ table. <laughs> That's spitting some hot beats. <laughs> like become what we know yes graham crackers today yeah so kellogg takes his recipes and profits greatly and then in the early 1900s commercial bakers started using graham's widely publicized recipes themselves and selling graham bread so like the very people (laughs) that literally attacked him in a mob were like let's profit off of this guy's recipe but like i assume they changed it to be like palatable yeah they added honey and sugar so like they said okay maybe he had something going with the whole wheat right and the grains that was right no cement the rest right and not putting like fucking arsenic and spoiled wheat and whatever in their bread but like let's make it like palatable and take away that whole it's gonna make you not want to play with your ding-a-ling thing (laughs) right yeah and then in the 1930s nabisco picks up the recipe, and starts producing the first commercially widely available manufactured graham crackers. I love graham crackers. Mm. And they name They're it after good. Sylvester Graham. Um, <laughs> What's that? Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> Not Alexander Graham Bell. You know, it's his Sylvester middle name. Why would anything? It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Not Sylvester Stallone, not Betty White. <laughs> it's okay. <sighs> we learned through association. We should name more stuff after Betty White. We should. She's not going to be around forever, guys. Cher- cherish her while she's here. Yes. yes. She's like almost 100. Mm, that's crazy. I think I looked her up recently and she's like 98. Oh my God. Yeah, she's she's up there. But anyways. Yeah. That'll be a loss. Not like Sylvester Graham, who people were probably happy when he died. Yeah, nobody. I mean, look, as far as we know, he wasn't like a pedophile, and we didn't. He didn't like rape anybody. So no, he didn't. He's doing. He's doing a lot. He's a lot better than most uh, American football players. So he could have been a serial killer. But but we don't know that. Mm -hmm. We don't know that. We don't know. You know, like I assume most American football players are rapists, but like I can't really judge them for that until it actually comes out. Mm. True. So you know. Cool. So that's the history of graham crackers in Sylvester Graham. Wow. Yep. There's a lot there. That's a lot to unpack. I can't believe the original incel is. We're going to get that fucking printed on t-shirts. Oh my God. It's going to be amazing. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's the show. Does anybody else have anything they want to say? <laughs> this drink? 
was a tasty tasty. It was fucking delicious. Did as you drank it, you kind of like yes. I fucking chugged mine, and I had the biggest glass. Mm-hmm. Look, look at this glass. I got it at Goodwill. That's a nice I got glass. both of them. That's fancy. a really pretty glass. And the, I'll I, use, I, and I still love the She She has the Marie Antoinette glass, which yeah. I also got at Goodwill for like a dollar. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got all these glasses at Goodwill mm-hmm. for like a dollar. This one's got gold on it. That one's a pretty one. Although I'll be in the pictures that we post on the blog. <laughs> which you should check out at drunkdish.com. Yeah. Um, we post uh, the episodes there, obviously, so if you're looking for the link, because we're still not searchable in iTunes or Pocket Cast for whatever reason. Uh, we're on iTunes and Pocket Cast, but we're not searchable, so those links will be on the blog. Um, you can also, obviously, subscribe to us on, like, Google and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just drunkdish.com. We post recipes there. Um, kind of little recaps, recaps um, little tidbits about the show. You can see pictures from mostly Amy's research, although as we get further into the show, I think we'll probably be splitting up the research a little bit for some upcoming episodes. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter, which is Drunk Dish Pod. pod. Yeah, drunk Dish Pod. And then Instagram, which is also either Drunk Dish or Drunk Dish Pod. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, we do have a Patreon at Drunk Dish uh, the like six people that are listening to, we really don't expect to go over there and, uh, uh, you know, support us. But like, if you want to, that'd be great because our booze is expensive. Yeah, guys, Hennessy, cognac, and fucking Cointreau is like that shit expensive. Yeah. Plus, we really love to buy local, mm-hmm. um, or at yeah. least I do, and that tends mm-hmm. to be expensive too because you're buying quality and stuff that's made with local New Hampshire ingredients. Um, and that. Small batches. Um, like, I want to call out Tamworth Distillery makes really good gin and vodka. Smoky Quartz makes a really good bourbon. And those mm-hmm. are all New Hampshire distilleries. Um, and that stuff's expensive. So, yeah, we don't have any rewards yet because this is our third episode. And but deal with some it. are coming. If you give us money, we'll add a rewards. We'll, reward <laughs> we'll do something real special for you. That sounded oddly sexual. What Sorry, are you planning on doing, Amy? For money. For money? I mean, I'm fine with it. <laughs> like, I respect sex workers, so Absolutely. whatever. It's Cam girls? Poss- dang. Possibly the hardest job in the world. I cannot even imagine. I know. If I could do it, I would. High five to you ladies out there. Oh, and my God. And men's out there. Also men. Men's. Men's. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our uh, episode. I hope that you uh, come back and listen to us next time. Bye. Bye.